Hi guys. We're going to be starting our podcast a little bit differently this week. Due to recent events, as of yesterday, uh, which was the 26th of August 2018, the gaming world was rocked by a shocking event. In Florida, there was a shooting of two professional uh, gamers. They were attending a, a Madden contest uh, and sadly uh, they lost their lives. So we just want to give our condolences to all the victims, families, anybody else who was involved in the horrific incident. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I want to say. I don't want to cover it too much. Uh, but yeah, shout out to uh, everybody involved. Uh, our feelings and our prayers are with you. Hi guys, welcome to Middle Age Gamers, your weekly podcast all about games brought to you by your host, as per usual, Francis, and your two, and uh, my two tr- trusty companions rather, uh, Ben and Dan. Say hi guys. Hi guys. Hi, we can be their trusted companions as well if you want, Frank, I don't mind. You can be anybody's <laughs> companion if you want to be. Um, so I might be a bit croaky uh, this week, I've just recovered a cold from a cold. Um, I hadn't seen my uh, my dad in ages, and typically enough, he came round to visit uh, me, uh, my wife, and my two daughters last week with a stinking cold. Uh, and like always, uh, I managed to pick it up from him straight away. Uh, spent the last three days in work with a horrible cold, doing twelve and a half hour shifts. So that was fun. Bless. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll kick off the uh, the podcast like we usually do. Uh, with our usual segment. So if you want to start this week, Ben, what have you been playing? And just the same as last last week. And I've reinstalled Until Dawn as well, because I want to finish that and finally get the platinum for that. Cool. So there are... There, well, there is. There is. There are. There is some news uh, concerning Until Dawn. This is why, I, ins- this is why, why I installed it. it. Yeah. So we'll we'll cover the uh, that snippet of news when we get into the main section. Um, is there anything else that you've been playing at all? Oh no, not really. Cool. What about you then, Dan? What have you been playing this week? Uh, I haven't had much time to get my PlayStation or Switch this week, so it's uh, the the only thing I've really been playing is on my phone. Uh, I played a, a game called Occidental Heroes. Um, and- Occidental is a word that means of the West, so it's like Western heroes, basically. Um, and essentially, it's a roguelike game where you move from uh, hex to hex on the on the map, and uh, you should be working your way westward uh, as you proceed with your party. It's um, it's it's a relatively small map, but um, as with many roguelikes, it's about replaying the game and and going through again. And for an Android for, uh, game, there's there's quite a lot of, of depth to it. I've quite enjoyed it. Oh, cool. Well, to be fair, I haven't played a mobile game for a long time. Um, I did install Fortnite on my phone and realised it was the biggest pile of crap ever and promptly deleted it. So, but yeah, it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> so you haven't played anything else uh, on, on any other consoles than just those games? Yeah, pretty much. Um, not not really had time for much gaming this week. Yeah, cool. Same same as me, to be honest with you. So um, I have played a few things. Uh, before jumping on the uh, the recording tonight, I started uh, Homefront, The Revolution, or whatever it's called. Um, I haven't really got that far. I've just done the intro. I've just picked up a weapon. Um, so I can't comment if the game's good or bad yet. Graphically, uh, it's built in the Cry Engine, so it looks really good. Uh, the intro mission that I've played so far has got a bit of a, a metro um, feel to it, just a little bit less Russian. Um, so I'll be interested <laughs> to see if that game's any good. Uh, critically, when it came out, it got panned. So I, I, I'm not expecting anything good. So we'll see what happens. Um, I did start playing uh, with my wife, weirdly enough. Um, so I'm kind of oh, slowly... I- <laughs> getting her into computer gaming. 
Um, and my method of doing so is we started playing... Um, I completely forgot what they... Uh, Life is Strange. That's what we started playing. We started playing Life is Strange. So so that's going quite well. Have any of you guys played Life is Strange at all? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played a little bit. Um, I, it's not my kind of game, but um, I can see why people like it. Mm. Um, it. It was free on PS Plus at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. the first episode might have been, but not the whole game. Um, no, the whole game. I think the whole game has been free because I've got it. Oh, okay. Okay. So I didn't know that I bought the game when it first came out. I got the, the limited edition version with the CD soundtrack and all that sort of stuff because it wasn't too expensive. So um, the reason I think why. Ironically, that's two games that are linked to Gamescom now. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> And that's probably not a coincidence, Ben, and that's the reason, but uh, that's the reason we started playing it. But the reason why I picked that game for us to play together, one, it kind of plays out like a movie, um, so it's easy for us to both follow and discuss and kind of um, help each other with the outcome because you make choices and all that sort of stuff. And secondly, because the control system is really easy for non-gamers to pick up. Because um, I think the thing that my wife finds hard, especially with first-person shooters or adventure games, is controlling the character and controlling the camera at the same time. So, easier and gently. Um, it's kind of good because whenever a choice comes up, we can kind of panic together and say, like, do this, do that, and we can see the outcome, which is cool. Um, other than that, I haven't really been playing anything else. Um, but one thing we haven't actually discussed before... Um, and I kind of wanted to talk about it, especially after watching it last night, is movies that we've watched recently. Um, so I've watched three movies this week. Two of them have been absolutely crap, and one of them's been incredibly amazing. Um, so I'll start off with the two crap ones. Uh, one was a film called Midnight Man, which is a horror film, which is awful. Uh, and the second one was a film called uh, Frozen, I think it was. Um, which was also a horror film. You didn't like. What? You didn't like it. Didn't like. Frozen. Oh, what the Disney film? No, the horror film. No, 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 no. I think it was called Frozen. Yeah, there is one called Frozen, and it's quite good. Which which one are you I've, thinking I've, of? You might be thinking of a different one. Um, it's like set in an ice. I can't remember where it's set, but there's loads of ice. No. And, it's a different one. So that one might be quite good. But the one that we watched is is set in this bloke's apartment and he um, he's having sex with his missus uh, and his missus is four days before Christmas uh, and his wife buys him a gun uh, and basically they're having sex and she tells him to put the gun in his mouth and shoot it. Um, so he puts the gun in his mouth, everything goes blank and he wakes up and she's dead on the floor. Um, and it kind of goes on from there and it's, it gets a bit weird and it's really crap. But not to dwell too much time on the crap film, the film we watched last night was Baby Driver. Have either of you seen that film yet? Yeah, my dad's no. obsessed with it. It's so good. It is incredible. I didn't so, like it personally. But why didn't you like it? Because it's just not my sort of film. Which is fair enough. Which is fair enough. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was the best film that I've seen in a long time. Um, so I urge you down the music to see aspect is good yeah and that's like with the headphones and shit yeah the, the, main, the main thing that drew me to that film is it's written and directed by Edgar Wright for those who aren't aware of the film um, he's famous for the uh, the Cornetto trilogy uh, which is uh, Shaun of the Dead uh, Hot Furs and The World's End uh, and he also uh, wrote and directed the uh British TV series Spaced, but it's completely different to what he's used like used to doing. Um, the way that the film's edited uh, with the music is incredible. So so yeah, I urge you to watch it. Dan, watch it. It's great. Um, I, and he's, I didn't know it was Edgar Wright, and I like yeah. other Edgar Wright films, so I probably uh, I probably will. It's definitely worth a watch. Uh, and after Danny Boyle was dropped or left the. Uh, the James Bond film. Uh, Edgar Wright is now dubbed or the bookies' number one favourite to direct the new one. So after 
Hearing that news, I thought he'd be an awful fit for a James Bond film, but after watching Baby Driver, I think he could actually do quite well with that one. So, so yeah. Um, is there anything you guys have done that isn't gaming related? That's what you want to talk yeah. about? Yeah, I, I can think I watched a movie the other night. What was that? Um, Army of Darkness. Um, My favourite <laughs> Evil Dead film. I was going to say, I'm I'm assuming that's not the first time you've seen that film. No, of course not. No. Is it your favourite one in the trilogy? Yes. Okay, okay, that's cool. It's close call between that and two. Yeah, I found the Army of Darkness very. It's going for more for the like the comedy route, even though it's still a horror film. Um, and I Evil Dead's hilarious. Yeah, no, it is. It's an incredible film. Um, but the, the Evil Dead Two is pretty much a carbon copy of the first one, isn't it? Which is with with a bigger budget. Um, but yeah. It's, yeah, and more comedy elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the the whole like plasticine graphics in the first one were quite comical, even though it wasn't supposed want, to. Do be you want to know? There's a really cool fact about that Evil Dead Two. Go on. They had to refilm, obviously, the ending of the first film because Ash technically died in the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. So for Evil Dead Two, they went back. And Sam Raimi and his brother, because his brother also directed the film, decided they needed to refilm that section. Okay. And that's why it starts off at the end of the first Evil Dead. Um, okay. So that's and trivia for you. Speaker, Movie trivia. speaker of Bruce Campbell, it's a shame he's not in the new Spider-Man game. <laughs> we don't know if he is or if he's not. Unless, like, IMDB have released everything about it and... We kind of know what's going on, but well, we know the the we know the Sam Raimi suit's not in the game. No, okay. Maybe they've kind of stopped anything from the uh, the Tobey Maguire verse, and they kind of like yeah, just, just like deleted that from the existence, like most people have done with those it, films from their minds. It's probably a rights issue as well, because those films are owned by Sony, Sony. aren't they? Yeah. 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 yeah, so I think once Marvel took over the or re took over the franchise with Disney, I'm assuming yeah, it's probably a case of everything from them's locked in a vault, um, and Sony being really stubborn, which makes no sense considering the fact that like it's a Sony game, but obviously there's loads of red tape they need to jump over to be able to access that sort of stuff. So I got some movie news as well. I found out the other day. I don't know if you guys have heard. They are making Venom into a trilogy. Yeah, I heard that Tom Hardy had signed on for multiple films. I didn't know it was going to be a trilogy itself, but yeah, it's going to sell. I Tom Hardy sells. Yeah, he does, don't he? Yeah. Uh, I saw a film the other day as well. I saw um, uh, Selfie from Hell, which, uh, which is available on hell. which is available on UK Netflix and. Um, it was it was quite funny at times. I, it was, I saw um, that on Netflix. <laughs> I didn't yeah, watch it. It's, though. it's <laughs> an independent made movie, and uh, the production values are quite high for an independent movie. Um, but the the end, it's like they just ran out of ideas at the end, or or actually maybe that they brainstormed too many ideas at the end because the plot just goes to hell in the last five minutes, and then it just ends, and you kind of think, okay, somebody just went right. We got to stop this now. This is getting silly. <laughs> So, um, but, out of ten, the, the out of ten, what are we rating? What are we rating? Selfie from hell out of ten. Well, the first—it's only an hour and fifteen minutes, so it's worth your time if you if you if you're willing to. Uh, the first hour and ten minutes, I I rate as nine out of ten. The last five minutes, I'd give a one out of ten. Okay, that's cool. To be fair, the the, <laughs> the reason why we watched um, one of the horror films that we watched is because it was an hour and eleven minutes, and I was like. I can probably fit that into my schedule before I go to bed, and it's one of those films that you watch and you sort of like, yeah, I, I'm never going to get those like that hour and eleven minutes back. So we do that too. We say, oh, what what can we fit in? I've got like half an hour. That series is forty five minutes. I'm not watching that. 
it's only 15 minutes, but you still do it. Yeah, <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the only reason why we started watching a few films this week is because we're waiting for Ozark season two to come out on Netflix, which is out in the next couple of days. So we're just like biding our time until that comes out. I can't wait to watch that. Cool, cool. Cool. So... Get games, or... <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway, um, this is actually a gaming podcast, not a movie podcast, but you never know, we might branch out. So we're going to be talking about Gamescom uh, this week, uh, mainly because that's all that's happening this week with regards to gaming news. Uh, Gamescom Germany uh, was the event that's been happening over the past couple of days. There's been quite a few announcements, a lot of trailers have dropped. Um, to me, Gamescom kind of seems like the... The, the brother of E3 that kind of nobody wants to talk to and nobody wants to sit to on a bus, um, mainly because you tend to find like the European conventions aren't ever as good as the American ones. Um, so yeah, a few things happened. Uh, and I'll go through sort of like the news that I've written it down and we can discuss the games if we see fit to. Um, so the first thing uh, that was announced is that PUBG is officially being launched even though it's been out for like a year and a bit, uh, but it's going to be launched in the 1.0 version on Xbox. Uh, I'm not too sure if it's coming to Game Pass, but I would assume it would be, um, but I don't know how PUBG Corp would feel about giving it away to all the people who've got Games Pass. Um, have any of you played PUBG yet? Yeah, I've got it. What are your, what are your thoughts on it in comparison to Fortnite? Um, we might as well compare it to Fortnite. It's buggy as hell. That's why I can't. It's just random bugs and glitches. People say like Unity was bad for glitches, mm. but Fortnite you could just be running, and then it just stops all of a sudden. Or you could open a door and a build. I've had like builders like disappear on me, not from blowing up. I'm just like dropping out of frame and then appearing back. I played it twice. Yeah. Sometimes and there's what, I've had of... my Xbox a couple of months now. Yeah. I would say Fortnite's better, in my opinion. Yeah, a lot of people have I'm sort afraid. of stated the, that Fortnite works for them just due to the fact that there's not... I, I personally have never encountered a glitch or a bug uh, on Fortnite at all. Um, and it seems weird that they're going into like a 1.0 version of PUBG now. Whether... There's a major patch coming along with it. I know they're adding a few new modes to the game, but if they're releasing it out of beta, then you would assume that it's like they can package it, they can sell it as a physical retail copy, and there aren't any bugs because it's been out for long enough not to have any bugs. So it'd be interesting. I will to let see. you guys know about that when yeah. I hear it drop. I'll test it out again, and I might like it this time. You never know. But. There's news, um, more of a rumour than news, that they're ramping up to release it on PS4. So it wouldn't even surprise me that before Christmas that it drops on the PS4. Um, but in my honest opinion, it needs to be free to play. Otherwise, I don't think anybody's well, going to buy it. Personally, in my opinion, mine came with my Xbox. I'm happy with that. I would not have paid, what, it's £24 at the moment, I think. Yeah, something like that. Something like that, I would not have paid for that game. And that is not because I'm a Fortnite buff or anything. <laughs> I just would not pay that for that game. Cool. So, yeah, so free to play. Cool. Go down that route. Any other, any other way? Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to jump on it on the PS4, that's for sure. Um, the next thing, uh, which Dan can probably comment because he's had a lot of experience with this series, is uh, the Master Chief Collection. Uh, is finally coming to Game Pass. So if any of you guys have got Game Pass and want to jump on that, uh, it's probably the best time. That drops on the 1st of yes. September, so next week. So along with it coming to Game Pass, it's finally getting its Xbox One X upgrade. So if you've got an Xbox One X and a 4K TV and you want to play all the old Halo games in 4K glory, you can do. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that? Have you got Game Pass, Dan? Uh, no, I don't have Game Pass, um, and I think it's a bit of a funny one because my, Microsoft kind of leaked this well before Gamescom as well, 
uh, it was sort of well known it was coming. It was just what was the date. So at, at Gamescom, they really just announced the date. The 4K update is is really nice, but to be honest, I played through the Master Chief Collection in 1080p. I'm not going to be thinking, do you know what? I really want to play it again in a slightly well, a, a double the resolution. Mm. Um, it's I I, re- I really really enjoyed Halo, and I really enjoyed playing through the Master Chief Collection. But I don't think I'll, I'll be going back there again. No, I think I the one thing to take. If, go on, go on, Ben. If it was announced at Gamescom, but I saw Microsoft are bundling. Don't know when they announced it. They're bundling Game Pass and Xbox Live into one. Yeah. So at some point, we'll we'll jump I'm, onto that next. That kind of rolls uh, neatly into what we can talk about. So if you've got Game Pass, then. By all means, and especially if you haven't played the Halo series before, jump into that. If you've got Game Pass, you're technically getting it for free, obviously on top of the subscription that you're paying. On CD keys or whatever, you can get a month for like $2.99 or something stupid like that. Yeah, so for that price, for for the price of a Big Mac, you get all those games that you can try out for the first month before you delve into the actual subscription, but... I think the subscription itself is only seven ninety nine a month anyway, so you're not you're not going to be yeah. breaking the bank. And the main thing that Game Pass has over similar services like PS Now is you can download the games to your hard drive, so you're never yeah, going to get any. Pro- yeah, yeah, no server latency or anything like that. That's why PlayStation Now sucks. Um, so yeah, if you're listening, Sony, get those downloads because that's what we need. Um, so yeah, so. Xbox have announced this really weird thing. It's only in America to start off with, but what they're going to be doing is like a weird lease on the Xbox. So basically you lease an Xbox, you get an Xbox One. I'm not too sure if it's an S or an X, but I think you have it's the option to do either. You might, I it's think an you, two terabyte S. Oh, there I you think. go. And it's bundled, $22 a month. Yeah, and it's bundled with... Uh, Xbox Live Gold and the Game Pass. And I think the the lease runs for two years, doesn't it? And then after that, you get to keep the Xbox. So we have I similar things. In the, from what I heard, it's two because of the pricing okay. of it. Because, because of the pricing, it had to be over two years for it to kind of like pay for itself. So to, to me, it sounds weird. In the UK, we can finance things and we can pay monthly until we've paid it off with no interest and we get it so whether they don't have that sort of thing in america or it's not that widespread that's the reasoning for it i'm not too sure i i think it's kind of like a phone contract it's it's like you're purchasing the hardware while paying for the service at the same time um like you have the, the phone point, and and the 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 connection um so yeah i, I think it kind of makes sense and i, I wouldn't be surprised to see other providers doing that kind of thing or financing um make making it look like the financing is like that mm. um by the time we get to the release of ps5 and xbox 2. remember years ago when um like half and warehouse used to deals you get like a ps3 or an xbox 360 you can still find them you can still find them but um the deal isn't fantastic. You get a crappy phone. Yeah, yeah. I think my uh, my colleague at work went in to buy the uh, the iPhone X last week, and I said to him like, if you go in there, try and try and get something for free, because like these people work on commission, they want you to get your phone, they want you to pay a stupid monthly cost for it. But he tried, like he said, he kind of tried 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 to bleed blood out of a stone to get a PlayStation Four because he's got an Xbox. Um, but nobody else he knows has got an Xbox. So he, like I said to him, try and get a PlayStation 4 out of your contract. But they said, because the phone was like the latest iPhone, he couldn't do it. Yeah. If he went for like an iPhone S, uh, iPhone 6 or something like that, he might have been able to do it. But yeah. But I think the one thing to take out of this, like it's good. I know it's just for America at the moment, but they might release it over here. Is especially if you're younger... Um, and you you can't afford to drop, say, like 500 quid uh, on the Xbox One X and however much the subscription is going to cost you over those two years, it makes sense to do it in that small increment, like 30 quid or whatever a month isn't that I would much. I would do it. I probably would too. Uh, not maybe in this uh, 
generation now because I'm happy with what uh, I've got. But like like Dan said, PS5 or something like yeah, that. If they do it for the PS5, I'll jump on that because the last thing I want to tell my wife is, oh, the PS5's out, and she'll be like, oh, how much is it going to cost? And I'll be like, seven hundred pounds, you know. So um, I'm sure that wouldn't go down too well, but we'll see. So, um. I'll cover this one, considering the fact that you kind of started talking about it at the beginning of the podcast, uh, Ben, is Supermassive Games um, have announced that they are releasing something called the Dark Pictures Anthology. So essentially what this is, is the CEO uh, of Supermassive Games has come out and said he's got around about, I think he said 38, so around about 40 ideas uh, of horror genres or um, themes, topics that he wants to cover in games. Uh, but he said that might take a long time. Uh, so he's announced, um, or they have announced, I should say, uh, a new game. Uh, I think it was called Man of Madam. Is that correct? Yeah, Man yeah. of Madam, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. So similar vein. So Supermassive are famous mainly for their court following game uh, Until Dawn. Uh, which was a, a PS4 um, only title. It's an exclusive title. They have also released a few other games since then uh, in a similar style to uh, Until Dawn. So if you're not familiar with Until Dawn, it's a survival horror game um, similar to uh, Heavy Rain, those sort of games, uh, or the Telltale Walking Dead games. It's that sort of game where you control a character you move around an environment and you make choices and the choices affect what happens and all your characters can die or they can stay alive. So I'm super... The butterfly effect. Yeah, cool yeah the butterfly effect, yeah. I'm super hyped for this game. What are your feelings about this one, Ben? I'm going to pre-order it like I did with Until Dawn. Like when they announced the pre-order, I think, because Until Dawn was such a good game, I know it's not got amazing replay value, but the first time, it just immerses you in the game. And that's what I liked about this company so far that I've played their games. So I've got high hopes for this. Yeah, 100%. Did you see the trailer, Dan? Yeah, I watched the trailer. I thought the trailer looked good. Um, Until Dawn uh, didn't particularly grab me, and I hit a bug within the first five minutes. Yeah. And I thought, I'll go back to this later. But I, I never did. Uh, I think something else caught my eye. Um, and I, I hope they... Because well, the game, Until Dawn, did look good, but um, I find often that if I hit a game-breaking bug that, that blocks me from... Um, that I was going to have to start a new game. So yeah. uh, I, I think that kind I've of... I've never come across off. a bug. No, I, I didn't personally, but I would urge you... There's chance. To, yeah, of course. Like Anything could happen in computer gaming. It's such a thing like... It's all based on handshakes, and if that handshake doesn't marry up, like you get a blue screen of death, mm. don't you? So, but I urge you to go back and play that game, like from start to finish. Like graphically, that game is incredible. They've got the supermassive games have got motion capture down to a T. Like the actors in the game look like the people in real life. Um, I'm not too sure if it, you got the, the same content with the PS Plus version. You probably do, but there's a few like making of videos. Uh, in the game that you unlock yeah. as you progress, which is which are quite cool to watch. But there's a few good uh, twists in the games as well. I've got the well, the one I brought is the extended edition. I think I might have the same one. I got the disc copy when it first it came out as well. Yeah, and it comes with some DLC as well. Hmm. I don't know what the DLC is. I just think it's them videos. It might be. Yeah, that might be what 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 came with my one. But the game itself, like. It's got the replay play, play value in the sense of like if you want to keep people alive that you may have killed, um, then you can go back and see how it plays out. But one time was kind of enough for me. I might go back and clean up and get the platinum uh, or try to. Um, but they all, Supermassive also released a game called Hidden Agenda, and if you haven't played that game, it's probably Is that by that? yeah, it's probably less than a tenner. Um, and me and my wife absolutely love playing that game. So same game engine as Until Dawn, uh, but it's a play link game. So instead of playing with a controller, you play with your phone. 
So if you've got two players, you can make different choices and you can kind of like um, coerce the person you're playing with to make the wrong choice and stuff. And that's incredible. That's a really good game as well. So definitely try and pick that one up if you haven't played it. £6.49. £6.49. There you go. Like, I think the the game itself lasts similar sort of length as a normal film. So you're looking like about an hour and a half to two hours, depending on how far you get into the game. But there's definite replay value with that game as well. Um, And the graphics are incredible. So for £6.49, you can't go wrong. Um, So yeah, so that's super massive. Um, The Dark Pictures Anthology, I don't think there was a release date for it, but it's sometime in 2019. And it'd be interesting to see if it's an annual thing, which would make sense with the amount of stuff that they said they're going to release. So next thing um, is... Covering something that we probably going to cover in length next week. Uh, so before recording today, uh, CD Projekt Red uh, dropped a 45-minute gameplay video uh, of Cyberpunk 2077, uh, which is the same game, gameplay demo played at E3 that only the press got to see. Uh, the press also got to see it at Gamescom as well, and they finally dropped it. It looks absolutely mental. Um, but without sort of sitting down and watching that trailer a couple of times, it's probably not worth us going over it. Um, did you catch any of the screenshots or any part of the uh, of the gameplay yet, guys? I saw screenshots from... Yeah, I've seen some screenshots. Yeah, I've been waiting until I can see the trailer. So um, I'm going to watch that uh, probably tomorrow, and then uh, I reckon we can have a good... Good chat about that, Yeah, definitely. I only skimmed over it. Uh, like I said, I didn't have a chance to sit down and watch like the 48 minutes. So watch this space. Um, what I'll do as well, I'll link the video into our Facebook page so we've all got access to it and anybody listening can watch it as well. Um, I'm sure it's going to be blasted all over the internet anyway. So, um, so yeah, so watch this space on that one. The Lots of Switch games were announced. Uh, at Gamescom, but the thing I'm finding really weird about the Switch at the moment is all the games that are coming out are games that we've all played or all seen over the past like four to like three to four years. So yeah. this war, this war of mine, uh, was one of them, uh, and that was like a PS Plus game like about two years ago. And everything else seems to be games that we've already played. What are your feelings on the Switch kind of being a hand-me-down indie box at the moment, Dan? It's um, it's it's difficult because I can see why uh, developers are doing it. They're looking and going, well, the Switch is doing well. It's getting quite popular. We'll put our game across and pff, out it goes. The engines that are available on the Switch are pretty much the same as the engines that are available on, on PlayStation and, and Xbox. So it's easy to port games to it. The downside of that is that I don't think developers are going to see a lot of uh, return on that because... Um, a lot of people have the Switch as their second uh, device. So they have their PlayStation, they've got their Xbox, and they have a Switch for Mario and Zelda and stuff like that. There is no chance that I'm going to be buying Diablo or um, uh, This War of Mine or any of those indie games, really, to be honest. So it it is tricky. Yeah, I'd say first time round... Uh, then these games kind of make sense. Like, if you've never played these games and you've got a Switch, obviously the Switch is portable, you can take it wherever you want to go. But I wouldn't... I've played Diablo 3 on the PS3, I've played it on the PS4. It's an incredible game. I don't have a Switch yet, but I am going to invest in one soon. But I wouldn't, like you said, I, I wouldn't pick those games up again. And I think the main problem that the Switch is facing, in my personal opinion, is the... The pricing of these games is way more than you can get them from anywhere else. So Diablo 3 is, I'm sure when it launches, it's going to be like 40 quid um, or like $60 if in the America. And you can pick that game up anywhere from like five to 10 pound, depending on which edition you get. So the price structure is really weird. It's kind of working out for them in a weird way, but I don't understand the logic behind it. It sounds like I've got nothing against Switch. It's like turning out like the Dreamcast a bit. 
with all these hand-me-down games. And I, did, I don't think it's going to go Dreamcast, but I don't think it'll um, send the company bust. Um, no, but what I mean, if Dreamcast was such a good console, yeah, it, I think its problem was, like, it was getting games that had already been released as well. Yeah, as... Um, they are getting a lot of um, uh, independent games, uh, it, it, lots of indies that are unique to the Switch as well, which is good. Uh, but I think they they really need... Uh, the, the problem is that they're, they're not going to be getting games with parity to the Xbox and, and three, uh, Xbox and PlayStation because it, it just it isn't as good uh, as, as those machines. It just can't keep up. So, so the, the question yeah. kind of predicting the future is, do you reckon we're going to see a either a Switch 2 or a Switch Pro or that, like a similar sort of thing to that? No, no, I don't think that'll happen. What I think we'll see is we'll see a lot of switching from 3DS. So a lot of the developers that produce really good games on 3DS, mm. um, like the, the Pokemon games and so on, uh, Yokai Watch as well, for example, I think they're going to move across to Switch and start producing really good games for Switch. And that's going to, and I think another thing that will happen eventually, uh, and probably not this year, maybe late next year. The price will drop as well, and then I think it'll be the thing that parents buy their kids rather than uh, a 3DS. Yeah, well, the Vita's dead. Um, the Vita was kind of dead on arrival. Uh, they are still releasing new games for the 3DS, which I get. They've got so many units out there, but the 3DS was kind of uh, the Wii came out, and the Wii sold loads, even though it was really it was crap. It was a crap console. Uh, and the Wii U did really badly. I think the Wii U is one of the worst consoles that Nintendo have ever released. The problem but... with the Wii U, I think, is it was everyone thought it was going to be an add-on to the Wii originally. Yeah, the name was the, the curse. I think. With the screen, yeah. And I think that's why it's so poorly because people think, oh, it's going to be an add-on. That's a screen I can play on. That's perfect. But then it turns out it's a I don't know if you can play your Wii games on a Wii U. It was weird. It was kind of yeah, yeah. like a... Was it fully integrated like the Switch or was it more like the second screen with maps and stuff? You still had the Wii-like base unit and you had a, a second screen. Um, so the, the interesting thing is that the Switch can't do some of the things that the Wii U can do. Mm. So the, the Wii U, you can have that screen in front of you and kind of like having a giant 3DS. You've got the screen on your controller and the screen on the television at the same time. With the Switch, you have to take the controllers off the side of the Switch and put it in the base. In the dock, yeah. So you can't, yeah, you can't have touchscreen and um, uh, the, the, the television screen at the same time. Uh, so in some ways, the Wii U was more advanced than the Switch, but the Switch is a lot slicker in what it does. I think that's just Nintendo's mantra, really. They take two steps forward, but they always take a step back at the same time. So they're always innovating, and you can't take that away from Nintendo. The stuff they bring out is cool as hell, but it's not as commercially viable as the home consoles like the PlayStation and the Xbox. Like, it's a very niche thing. Um, If, If only Nintendo and Sony stuck together. What world would we have now? Yeah, to be fair, like, <laughs> I kind of was looking at around the internet at eBay and stuff because I've got a PS1, but the power system doesn't work. Um, and you can get the, the SNES slash Sony PlayStation 1 units on eBay, but they're really rare and really expensive. But it would be amazing to be able like, to have those there's two any, combined. I thought there was only 10 ever made. I'm sure, like there's there, a there was, really limited number. I'm sure there was more than that, but there's there's definitely really. Because obviously, and they only came out the other year, didn't they? Yeah. Because that guy found one in his storage from a company. But either way, I'm never going to get my hands on one. You're better off just getting a SNES and a uh, a PS One separately because you're getting it a lot cheaper. Um, so yeah, so moving on from Nintendo, they had a lot of announcements, but none of it was like new news. Um, one thing that kind of caught my attention 
uh, especially because it's a game series that I played a lot when I was growing up, is uh, they announced a new Settlers game. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, I Well, I don't have a PC at the moment, but I, I would love to get eyes on that. So if you do get it, Frank, I'll, I'll probably pop over. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So they've announced that on November the 15th, uh, all the old games are going to be re-released, uh, playable on the current PCs. Um, so that'd be cool to go back. And I don't know if they're releasing it individual games or as a, like a, a massive anthology thing like a massive pack, but we'll see. But the interesting thing that I saw um, announced for the new Settlers game was the fact that it's being built in the Snowdrop engine, which is the same engine that the Division's built in. Mm. So graphically... Really good looking. Yeah, graphically, it's going to be amazing. And I just... I, I loved the like the world building in the Settlers games, the fact that you had to go and like chop wood down and collect it to build houses and like you had to go fishing and all that. Like, and the character models, even though they were quite primitive back in the day, they were really cool. So it'd be, it'd be cool to see like a current gen version of that style game. So hundred percent looking forward to that one. Um, what, what I'll do is cover the last sort of part of important news, uh, and it would kind of lead us on to a question that was uh, given by one of our listeners this week, and that should kind of draw us out to the end of the podcast. So one announcement was the Battlefield 5 open beta, so not the closed beta, the open beta, uh, has been dated for the 6th of September. So Also won awards. Apparently Battlefield 5 have won awards. Yeah, so whether that's like a sympathy vote, but I had it won the award for best shooter, is that correct? Yeah. Best looking multiplayer, wasn't it? Multiplayer shooter. That might be the one. Yeah. 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 Which makes sense, because graphically, it looks incredible. Like, I'm more drawn, irrelevant of the, the Battle Royale modes, uh, I couldn't really give a crap about those in those two games, even though I'll probably play them, is Battlefield Five appeals to me a lot more than Call of Duty. Uh, I've always been a massive Battlefield fan uh, and it's just one of those things that I always tend to play the Battlefields a lot longer than the Call of Duty games Yeah, I I think that happens with me as well and and you were saying about graphically did you see the NVIDIA RT is it RTX? um, Yeah, the new new, um, graphics Ray Tracing Oh, that's do, do you know what, if that really catches on I, I would love to see that technology and i know it's nvidia and, and the next consoles are probably coming from uh ati's uh side of things sorry they haven't been ati for a while have they they're um <laughs> anyway never mind yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but uh it uh, amd that's it AMD, uh, but it's it, it's just it's just such brilliant tech seeing that ray tracing and you can't really describe it on the podcast but um to, to see the way that the, the fire reflected more realistically and because um, at the moment occlusion mapping to, to uh, I'm going a bit geeky here and you know occlusion mapping to produce reflections mm. um, has quite a few limitations as soon as an object's not on the screen it can't be reflected in, in the reflection so if you look down at um, the, the surface of water and, and you're looking steeply down at it um, there's not going to be any reflection. It's only when you, you look more at the horizon that you're going to see the reflections properly. Um, but this, with the ray tracing, actually traces the directions of rays of light effectively to, um, to, to produce the best simulation of, of reflections and light work that, that we've seen yet. So it, it could be amazing. Yeah, they're kind of saying like every individual pixel um, is, is possible to generate its own reflection. So um the, uh, the the what i saw uh may have been a similar thing to you but they had uh captain phasma uh from star wars on one of the demos where everything was kind of reflected in her chrome suit so her gun was reflected and like the lighting was reflected and everything else you could see in a realistic manner so whether they'd be able to implement that into next gen consoles is very unlikely at the start yeah. However, it all depends on the chipsets, like you said, that they're going to be shipped with. Um, PC gaming, 100%, they're going to be able to do it. Are developers going to be on board straight away? Probably not, because it's going to take them a lot of time to kind of implement it into their games. 
And I am sure the graphics cards are going to be like stupidly expensive when they first come out as well. Well, yes. The um, so the first graphics card that's going to have it is the twenty eighty, um, and that from Nvidia, and that is going to come in at around a thousand two hundred dollars. So we're looking at about a grand for Super a expensive. graphics card. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the games that I know of that have got it as soon as it comes out are uh, the next Tomb Raider. Um, is that Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Yep. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Yeah, Shadow. Um, and and uh, Battle Battlefield um, Five. So uh, they showed in Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, ironically, considering the title of the uh, game, uh, they showed the use of shadows. Uh, so it doesn't <laughs> only produce reflections it, it can do really really high detailed shadows mm. and and something that was shown in the metro um uh, trailer a uh, year or so ago that they then omitted from the next metro the the recent metro t- trailer that came out which i think there was one shown at gamescom yeah there um, was yeah they they showed uh, in the original trailer they wanted to do something which can now be done through this ray tracing and it's uh, if you've got a shadow and that shadow is passing through a translucent surface that is, let's say, blue, that shadow should have elements of blue colour in it. Mm. Uh, and at the moment, doing coloured shadows on current hardware is, is really, really high overheads and drops the frames like en- enormously. But this um, ray tracing allows you to do that um, really quite seamlessly. Uh, and they showed that in, in the Shadow of the Tomb Raider demo. Uh, it was a... Um, Oh, yeah, that Mexican festival with the masks and the dead and, you know, all that. But, um, Cinco, Cinco de Mayo, yeah. Oh, what, you mean Day de Muerta, the Day of the Dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they were having a party and uh, they were using coloured lights shining on the people dancing and, and you could see the effect was quite significant. Now, they're saying that the, the overhead in frames per second is lowered, but... Um, it was noticeable that on their demo, when they switched over to, because they were switching live between the two technologies, turning off the RTX, turning it on. Mm. Um, when they turned the, the RTX on, they kept the camera still. And when they turned RTX off, they then moved the camera to a new location and then turned RTX back on. So it it will be interesting to see whether there are any graphical overheads and whether um, the, 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 the the CPU or the GPU are, are getting hammered by turning this effect on. I would assume with the release of the new GPU units, there's going to be an there's going to be an additional release of new CPUs. So whether Intel and AMD are releasing new ones at the same time, it would make sense because they always seem to be coming out um, like together in a weird way. So Intel probably have something up them sleeve up their sleeve because they probably it wouldn't surprise me if they work with Nvidia because they kind of need to know yeah to work not not necessarily in partnership but to know what's going on in the industry to be able to keep up. So. Only time will tell, but yeah. expensive. So watch. Well, there's, what... there's i9s in the pipeline, so you know they'll be out. And that will probably be the case of once they drop yeah. and the new Nvidia cards drop, um, then the sky's the limit. Really, it's amazing how fast technology changes. Really. Um, so we kind of went off on a tangent, um, but sort of drawing it back in, we were talking about the Battlefield Five beta uh, and the question uh, that was sent in to us this week by Tony James. Uh, and his question is all about closed and open betas. Uh, so his question, uh, are the rise of betas as pre-orders or paying, paid only access a good thing for games or a bad thing? Uh, developers and publishers are using them as a means to guarantee sales as opposed to testing the game themselves. And that's his personal opinion. Um, and he says the new Fallout 76 game has a pre-order beta that allows players to carry over the progression into the full game. Will this enable those who have prepaid for the game and played the beta to have an advantage due to the fact that it's a multiplayer game uh, to those who haven't actually pre-ordered? Um, he then goes on to say, uh, this also leads to pre-order games. Nearly all games have some type of exclusive content uh, for pre-orders uh, to such extent that it can make a difference. Is the pre-order content a good thing or a bad thing? So if we cover the first part of the question first, um, well, 
Do you think that the pre-order incentives are a good idea, Dan? Um, the, the pre-order incentives as in like in-game gear and stuff like that, do you mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, Or do yeah. you mean the beta? Yeah, All right. Uh, so I think they are a, a good idea for the publisher, of course. Mm-hmm. The publisher's going to um, uh, hopefully sub- secure some more um, pre-orders because of throwing in these, these bonuses. However, for the user, I mean, if you look at some of the... Uh, I'll, I'll take Destiny as, as an example. I think it's come up on all of our podcasts so far. <laughs> um, with with Destiny, they throw in a, a few things, usually a, a certain set of armor, certain colored weapons or whatever. Uh, and after you've been playing uh, the, the game for two weeks, you've got better gear than the stuff that came with the pre-order and you never use it again. Um, the exception to that, I would say, was when Destiny 2 first launched and they provided a gun that was actually one of the best in the game. And unless you pre-ordered, you just did not have that gun. Um, so that was a bit of a pain. The oh, yeah, I know what you want about. <laughs> um, so in most cases, I'd say the, the pre-order content that's bundled is is junk uh, within within a few weeks. So I wouldn't pre-order a game on the basis of that. Unless... Um, with what I've noticed they're doing with Spider-Man, sorry to keep bringing Spider-Man up in this podcast. Some pre-order bonus. We've only got two you, weeks, you, man. We've only got two weeks. It's yeah, We've got two weeks. But <laughs> the pre-order bonus content, which I think is really good, isn't it? Yes, I'm getting it earlier than everybody else, but it's still unlockable in the game, which oh, I think is a, is a great move because it means I get to show it off early. I actually do. Well, mm. lots of people, because it's gone gold. Did you see that news? It's gone gold in sales already? Yeah, there's um, there's a picture on the PS4 uh, photos, videos, and chat group. I don't know if you saw it, but I think Sam, uh, one of the guys called Sam, works... I don't know where he works, but he works in some form of a depot, and he took a picture of, like, a whole crate full of the games. There's, like, a oh, yeah, probably, that, yeah. probably, like, a thousand of the games, and I was just sort of, like... Damn you! I wish I could have one of those games in my hands. So, um, in that basis, there's no kind of pay-to-win aspect of it. Um, obviously, one part of Tony's question was the fact that obviously with betas, uh, and we'll cover that side of the question in a second. But obviously, the incentive that you've got to pre-order the game is the fact that you get to play it a couple of days early, um, and you get like a suit but you can get that suit in-game. Is that correct? Yeah, but do you get games a couple of days early nowadays? I don't think you do, do you? Digital-wise, I guess, there's like yeah. an, uh, that you can get like the early access. I'm, I'm sure there's a few games coming out in the holiday period that have done the same thing. I know Battlefield Five. Uh, you can do it, I think, only if you're like EA uh, Origin... Um, Oh, EA Access. Yeah, EA Access. That's what it's called. Yeah. So if you've got it through that, then you get to play it a few days early. Um, So they've got that incentive. Um, Well, that used to be my incentive for pre-orders back in the day. used to, like, pre-order game. I don't know if you guys can remember. They used to come three or four days early in the post to its actual release. But now they don't do that anymore. No, it's all it's all luck based, depending on where you get the games from. So there's retailers, uh, online retailers like Shop2.net, and they have a very good track record of sending you the game because um, they have. I think they have a, a a pre-order guarantee where if you don't get the game on the day of release, um, you get some money back or you get like online vouchers to use. So they they send the games as soon as they physically can to you. And it usually ends up on your doorstep, um, sort of like two to three days before launch. You've always got that one guy on Facebook like, oh, I've got Red Dead Redemption 2 a week before it came out and I'm going to ruin it for all of you guys on the internet. But yeah, on a on a usual occasion, yeah, you never you never get it. Unless you go to the shop um, and like when it opens, if it's a midnight launch, you can go to Asda if it's a 24 hours and you can pick the game up straight away. But there's never a guarantee if you pre-order a game that you'll get it before launch. Yeah, they used to, well, they kind of used to be, well, I used to have a look doing it with game back in the day, but they'd stop that now. Yeah. But then you kind of do get it before launch because they offer betas, don't they? So. Um, 
that, yeah, and that's covering the the first part uh, of Tony's question. So, in the basis of a beta, um, do you think that people have an unfair advantage over other people who don't pre-order and don't play a beta? What do you reckon, Ben? Well, it depends if it's an online multiplayer. If in the case of Battlefield, I'll say, yes, you have an unfair advantage because the people already know the mechanics of the game. They probably live, breathe the beta for however long it's running. And if you get to carry on your progress, it's like, I think it's kind of unfair if they carry on the progress of the game because you've already got, say what, beta, you get to like level 10 or something like that. You're already 10 levels ahead of them. I think if they do that, they should just don't give them an advantage, just drop them back down to zero or whatever. Yes, it's fun to play early, but you could get the wrong impression as well with the beta. If the beta is buggy, you might cancel your pre-order. So it works both ways in a sense. So historically, I think a lot of games have suffered uh, with sales due to the fact of pre-orders being based on betas. Uh, the beta comes around and you play it and you're just sort of like, Jesus Christ, that game's crap. Um, they usually tend to redeem themselves uh, before the game comes out because a lot of people go into betas expecting it to be the full game experience when realistically you are testing the game for these companies. Like they're doing that. As kind of Tony hinted in his question, you are testing these games for free yeah. in theory because nine times out of ten when you pre-order a game, you haven't actually paid for it yet unless you do it via PSN or Xbox uh, store and you have to pay up front for it. But a lot of games you don't have to. So in that sense, the developers are getting something out of you at the same time, they are pleasing the shareholders with stats that may not be realistic in the long run because a lot of people may pr cancel the pre-orders due to the fact that the beta's crap. So they're risking, they're risking a lot by doing betas. What do you reckon on that one, Dan? Well, uh, I am a software tester. Uh, that is that is my job. But um, I, and I would say that you need to have betas. It, it is incredibly important that you do have them. Now, that's not saying that it's a good deal or, or a good idea for the people involved, for the customers. Um, it, for them, it's simply that they, they get to have hands-on with the game before uh, the actual release. Um, I think the idea of limiting it uh, to pre-orders for a closed beta and then having the open beta afterwards is good mm -hmm. because what that lets you do is have a smaller number of people testing your, um, your your code and then it ramps up to an open test where you can uh, really load test your, your servers. But people really need to be aware that this is uh, unfinished code. It's been through alpha testing. It's we're, we're calling it a beta, but the truth is they probably had alpha testing. Then they've done their beta testing, in-house beta testing, and then they've moved to a, a closed um, uh, beta test uh, with the public. Um, so I think the feedback that companies get on this is invaluable. But like you said, it is a risk. They don't want to come across as having. Uh, a vastly unfinished product. Um, they also, to some extent, run the risk of providing too much of uh, a demonstration of their product. Um, and to link back into Destiny 2, um, they that was a, a good example. They provided you with a set of gear when you first started, uh, and you were pretty tooled up, and, and the beta felt really good. And, and you thought, well, do you know what? If, if this is where we are now, by the time we finish the game, this is going to be amazing. But secretly, and the actually, beta was actually the full game. So that's what, what Bungie didn't actually right. tell the consumers, was when you play the beta, and as soon as you've got you've got through the beta, that's it. That's, that's what you get in the full yeah. game. You don't get anything else. Pr pretty much. It, yeah. You turned but, around after playing that and felt, do you know what, by the end of the game, I don't feel any more powerful. I don't feel like I've... I've leveled up. I haven't uh, gained anything through through playing the game. No, so, definitely won as well. Yeah, of course, because yeah, they had well, the, no. they had the, the beta was the beta was better than the actual game. Lots of people said. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, Definitely with Destiny 2, though, there wasn't that sense of progression. And and I think that's one of the things that killed the final game for me. Um, And I think they they run that risk in other places as well. For example, if we get our hands on this Battlefield 5 demo, uh, sorry, beta, uh, and we play through that and we have a really, really good time, uh, and then we come away and we we, uh, buy the game when it comes out and, and we get on there and we... We play through it, um, and we don't have as good a time. People are going to feel cheated and feel like they've they showed all their cards with the uh, the beta. Yeah, I think the problem that Battlefield and Dice and EA have at the moment is the fact that the pre-orders are a lot lower than the competition. Um, so I don't think they have anything to lose with regards to the beta coming up and the fact that it's only a private beta for two days before it becomes an open mm. beta is very clever um, due to the fact that, that you don't need to pre-order the game to be able to play the beta is very, very smart on their part. Whereas with the Call of Duty Black Ops 4 beta, you had to um, pre-order the game to get access to the first one. Um, so. Yeah. That might work in their favour. Um, my personal opinion is I don't play betas, uh, just due to the fact that they always drop on a Friday and usually run to a Sunday night, and I work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday all day, so I never get to play them. So it's a big waste of time me downloading this 60 gigabyte game that I'm never going to play. With regards to Tony's question on the incentive of carrying your progress over, I couldn't care less mainly due to the fact of if it's a game you're going to play and it's usually multiplayer games, you're going to be playing those games for a long time and you will catch up. There's always going to be people who are better than you at the game and there's always going to be people who are considerably worse than you at the game. So it's all relative in that sense. Like some people might have an advantage, but other people naturally have a disadvantage just because they are crap at computer games. So it's just finding That's a happy me. medium. Yeah, it's all of us. I think there's always the, there's always a type of game that you're going to be crap at, and there's always a type Bring of back game. Demos. That, yeah, and that's another thing that we'll probably cover on another podcast is why have demos died out? Um, you get betas, and it's like ninety eight percent. It's for multiplayer games. They need to bring back demo discs. Demo discs are awesome. Like I don't know why they back they on the PlayStation do. magazines. You get your demo disc. Yeah, I thought... Uh, or the uh, one that came with the PS2. Remember that demo disc that came with the PS2? Oh, well, when you, you first got PS2, it. You got a demo yeah. Disc. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, there was, a, demo disc, there was a guy on Facebook <laughs> selling loads of old retro magazines. It might be a case of that. I buy a few. Uh, and one of the segments in our upcoming podcast is uh, we go back in time to see, A, the old demo discs and what was on them and what were the games being released at those sort of times. So that could be quite cool. So... If you think uh, that's a good idea, guys. I'm surprised you haven't touched upon, Frank. What's that? I'm surprised you haven't. That Shadows Die Twice is coming out March 22nd. Can you hear me, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, my wife has just logged into her PlayStation account, so she's probably uh, doing something, so I thought I'd lost you then. Um, yeah, I think we announced Sekiro's... Uh, release date last podcast i can't remember i might be wrong but yeah either way i'm super excited for that game um so yeah so Tony's question betas are cool they work for the developers they don't work for other people um it just all you have to take things with a pinch of salt about progression if it means a lot to you um and you think it's unfair maybe don't pre-order games um but yeah that's that's a choice of the consumer um, for what you get with them, but the reason why uh, developers do it is important to the business. It's important to the shareholders, uh, to the stock prices, and to the development of their game because they need to know uh, the basically how well their servers can hold up to X amount of people. So next week, we are going to be talking about Cyberpunk 2077 in detail. It is at this point in time, probably the most anticipated video game um, coming up in the future. And there's a lot of stuff that we're going to cover uh, from the gameplay trailer or demo that they dropped just before this podcast. So obviously stick with us next week and tune in if you want to join in the discussion with regards to Cyberpunk 2077. Hit us up on Facebook. 
drop us any questions or anything you want to discuss or hear about the uh, the game itself. Uh, just to let you guys know, if you are listening to us on Spotify or anything else, you can get us on iPods, uh, iPod, Apple iTunes now. Uh, you can also get us on uh, Stitcher uh, and any other major podcast provider. If there's anything that we're not on and you want to hear us on, just hit us up, let us know. We are on Facebook, as you probably already know, but if you're unaware, if you just search for Middle Age Gamers, you'll be able to find us. Um, so yeah, until then, it's been great. Cheers. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>